Before we start, I must ask. I got something for you, kid. Yo! <laughs> Yo! Let's go! Come on, son. Let's fucking go. Of course. Yes. Yes. I had to give Tony a little heads up. I said, yo. <laughs> yes. I said, by all means. <laughs> Wherever you guys are looking, but, uh, Brother Cigar over here just asked me to be his groomsman. Oh, that is Got the little sick. custom band on it, baby. When are you going to marry? can zoom in on uh, that. November 19th, 2021. Less than a go. year, baby. Nice. There you go. Yo. Thanks. We in there. <laughs> Let's do it. Yo. Yo, that just made, that made the whole day right there, man. <laughs> You have to do that right before we got an interview. Now I'm Get gonna, you hyped up, baby. Now I'm all flustered. Like, I'm not going to be able to focus. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Burndown. Today, we are in Doc James Cigar Lounge in Mamaroneck, New York. And our guest for this episode is considered the godfather of Instagram and co-founder of Why Not You Media, Mr. Tony Peck. What's going on, my man? Doing fantastic, guys. How are you? Living the dream, man. We're at a poker table, which we never done before, interviewing a, a co-founder of his own business, so smoking a good cigar. We're about to get into it. Nothing better than that on a Sunday, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, you're considered the godfather of Instagram, so we got this whole godfather vibe going on. We got the <laughs> yeah. poker table, the dim lighting. I the mean, Goodfellas poker table, yeah. shooting spider in the corner over there. Yeah, we got the pool table back here. We might have to shoot some stick after this, but um, so, so, Tony, tell us, godfather Instagram. Why not you media? How did that all start? I mean, how I mean, we've we've been following you for quite some time. You have hundreds yeah. of thousands of followers, I believe. Somewhere like 350 or something like that. Yeah, 320. 320. Yep. That's, inc- that's incredible. That's incredible. So, how did that all start? Yeah. Like, now, what made funny. you think of that? Why not you media? You guys watched along since before this even one of the thing, why not you media? You guys knew me back with Ace of Cigar Days. Yes. Yeah. Had the cigar page. That's how we all connect, I feel. That like. was like when I lived in Connecticut, I yep. first started Brother Cigar, and you yep. were one of the first followers. Yep. I remember talking, like, who's this guy, Ace of Cigars? I'm, I had no idea about the cigar community on Instagram. So, I thought it was weird, like talking to me about cigars and Tony Peck, believe it or not. One of the first guys I ever interacted with on Instagram. And as he's smoking and as we're all smoking, I remembered posting a cigar, which was the Oliva Serie V Milanio. And me and him were going back and forth. I was just one of the best cigars. And uh, that's what we're smoking today. So I'm liking that. I'm liking that it's all three of us. It kind of brings a little kumbaya feeling to it. So who's Tony Peck? Who's he about? What is it about? Let's, let's talk about it. Good question. I like that. I like that a lot. Listen, born and raised Bronx, New York, Italian-American background. Grew up very Italian, obviously. Sunday dinners in the family. I got my sister. She's why I do everything. She's 20 years old, so six years younger than me. And my dad, hardworking dude, union guy, didn't go to college. So, of course, what you don't know, you don't know. I had to go to college to supposedly get to where I wanted to be in life because that's what he thought. Which, like I said, by all means, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And, you know, I went to Fordham Prep High School in the Bronx. After that, didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. I was good at math and science, and I wanted to make money when I graduated. I didn't want to do school for long. So I said, you know what? Engineering, four years, in and out. You get a good pay when you graduate, 60000 That was big money to me in high school. Yeah. I said, let's do it. Let's do engineering. So I actually went to Manhattan College in, in the Bronx, 
And while I was there, that's when I stumbled upon cigars. And freshman year, I've always been very entrepreneurial. You know, even before college, back when I was 12 years old, I started working. And I just started really hustling. You know, snow days, never had those. I'd shovel snow for money. I would flip BB guns in high school. I would do bookieing. I would do the football boxes, nice. the football sheets, that March Madness brackets. I did all that type of shit. And then we can curse on this, right? Yeah, of course, course you can. Yeah, yeah. Be whoever you well, want to be. Yeah, you can. <laughs> we, we just had we just had uh, Ray Cash Care. I don't know if you ever heard of him, but he's a 12-year Navy SEAL, 14 years with the CIA, badass. And before, he was like, what's the language here? I'm like, just be you. And he was cursing out, fuck, yeah, fuck, there, yeah, there, blah. And it was, uh, hey, I mean, that's who you are. That's who we want yeah, you on you here. Be you. Yourself, your authentic self. So by exactly. all means. So you, so you went to school for engineering, actually? Yeah, I got a degree in mechanical, and mechanical engineering. No uh, shit. I actually met his girlfriend. Uh, his girlfriend at the time, yeah, yeah, no shit. Because I, I went to school fiance for now, fiance, 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 yes, exactly. fiance. Because I went to school for electrical engineering. Yeah, I remember um, you telling me that. Yep. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. You have mm-hmm. that similar background. So tell us. So after you got mm-hmm. out of college, yep, you graduated so, mechanical. Then yep. what happened? So we came in college where freshman year I started my first business. It was a lip balm company, Tony's Lip Care TLC. I was doing that. TLC, that's TLC. great. Yep, it was natural <laughs> and organic. I made it out of my house. And I started getting like in front of these big companies, but I couldn't afford these fulfillments. I had to get student loans to go to school. Yeah, yeah. I had a fucking loan to, to do lip balm. So it kind of fizzled out as I went. But one point in college, someone asked me, one of my friends, maybe it was a girl, I don't even remember, but someone asked me, what are your hobbies? I had to fucking sit there and think. I was like, well, making school, money. Making money, <laughs> I go to the gym, and I like girls. I had no hobbies. I was like, this is not a good fucking answer. Someone actually asked me, what are your hobbies? I said, I gotta pick something up. So I'm like, what can I pick up that would be good for me, that would get me around like the people I wanna be like? I said, you know what? Cigars. I, I couldn't afford country clubs then. So I was like, ah, it's a little too much for me to become a hobby. Golf was too expensive. I said, but cigars, $10 stick. I, I can kind of get into that. And at that time, I was really into health and fitness. So I never smoked anything in my life. No cigarettes, weed, cigars, nothing. So this is like a whole new world for me. I remember my first cigar. I couldn't even get the smoke to come out because I wasn't puffing on the right. Yeah, like, no, oh, I, the I had no idea. You smoked it like this. Yeah, no literally. idea. Yeah. And the first cigar I had was a Romeo and Juliet, the, the 1875. Was my sister's confirmation. Shut, I was time sponsor, out. Yeah. Time out. That was your first, first ever? First cigar. I still had that Shut label. Shut the fuck up. in my office. Dude, that was my first yeah. one. 1875 Bully. There's something about that. That was the I first one ever. It's a solid cigar. Shit, man. It's a great cigar, especially when you're first starting out. No doubt. I had a lot of those after that, you know? That kind of got me onto the scene. And then that was junior year of college, the very beginning of it. So I said, you know what? I'm at Manhattan College. I live right next to the city. I got the one train right here. What if I start going to like a cigar lounge? Maybe I'll meet some fucking guys that are cool, that own businesses and stuff. And I can pick their brain and learn about cigars. I was so fucking nervous the first time I decided to do this. I asked all my friends, like, who wants to come you know, to the city with me? We'll go to the cigar lounge. It's like a Tuesday in the afternoon. We got no class. And they were looking at me they're like, cigar lounge? What, what are you going to go to jerk off old men? I was like, no, we're going to go have a cigar. Because how, like, how old were you at this time? I was 20. I couldn't even legally drink yet. <laughs> so, and, and, and most people think that smoking cigars is like an older, older person thing. Person yeah, thing. Right. I think in, a, that's right. in recent years, it's been coming up where a lot of younger people are doing it. So oh, at yeah, this absolutely. time... Being 20 years old, everybody's yeah. like, Bro, what the fuck are you Six doing? years like, ago, yeah. <laughs> we're, in, we're college kids too, you know? Yeah, so same, yeah. I said, well, if no one wants to come, I guess I'll go. I'll, I'll figure it out and see what happens. So I went to Nat Sherman. It was the first time I went to the lounge myself. And I didn't know anyone in there. I didn't know. I really didn't know anything about cigars at that point either. They yeah. take you into the humidor. The guy follows you around. What would you like, sir? I'm like, I got $10 to spend. What can I get? <laughs> do I got to tip you? What do I got to do? <laughs> exactly. Do I got to tip you? You're following me around. It's a little weird. So he gave me like a Nat Sherman. I think it was a timeless or something like that. I tried that. And the way the Nat Sherman lounge set up, I feel like you guys know, but if people are watching, they may not know. The first floor, you don't have to be a member to go in there. But it's not like loungy. They had like a little table and like six chairs around there. Mm-hmm. But in the daytime, you don't go with your friends. It's like right. one guy that's reading the newspaper, one guy on his phone, one guy reading a book, one guy's listening to music. No one really knows each other. They're just all smoking in unison. So I was like, this is. Interesting. So I sit down with all these fucking guys. I'm the youngest guy there by at least 20 years. Everyone's like 40, 50, 60 years old. 
And one guy looked like the most septic to talking. So I was like, hey, you know, what are you smoking? I'm new into cigars. You got, you got any recommendations? He's, oh, yeah, of course. You're new into cigars. That's all you had to say. That's all you had to say. That's music to someone's ears. Yep. And they're like, oh, I do this. I own this. I own that. They're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm a college kid. I'm 20. They're like, what? You're my son's age. You're my daughter's age. This is crazy. You're smoking cigars, you know? And I was like, this is a fucking amazing community. So I kept going back time and time again. And while I was in college, I started going to different lounges. Let's say so. Cigar Inn on 52nd and 2nd Ave. Mm-hmm. Um, Lexington Barn Books. I ended up becoming a member when I graduated. That's a good spot. That's Very a good, good spot. spot. Yeah. I remember that. That's a smaller spot, but it's a good spot. Yes. Yes, it is. The, the crowd there is cool. And I became a member here when I was a senior. And through those years in college, I started meeting owner Bacardi. I've become I'm good friends with him to this day. Uh, Rudy Giuliani I became friends with. The Prince of Finland I became boys with. We went to the strip club <laughs> Prince of night. Finland? The Prince of Finland. He's a sick son of a bitch. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we went to the strip club with him the first time. How did you meet him? We were at Lexington Barn Books, and he was extremely drunk, but there was a gala at the um, the Met. He's a part owner of the Met. Or the Guggenheim. He's a part owner of the Guggenheim. That's what it was. And there was a gala that they went to before then, and they went there for the after party. And I was there with my buddy PJ, and we didn't know who this guy was. But this guy was obnoxiously, belligerently drunk. And he's screaming, I punched a hooker in the face here last year. I punched a hooker in the face here last year. No one threw me out. I'm like, and so me and my friend are like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, get this guy out of here. So he takes a liking to us because we're like, we're like very standoffish to him. So he sits down, pours himself a drink, starts bullshitting with us. And then he just gets into him. Like, yeah, you know, I'm actually the Prince of Finland. Like, get the fuck out of here. So yeah, I like, yeah, guy. you're just drunk. Fuck I'm like, you. who is this guy? Do you know? He goes, that's the Prince of Finland. Though. I was like, what? I was like, this is crazy. So he really liked this a lot. He's like, well, what are you guys doing after this? I was like, we're going home. He goes, let's go to the strip club. So we ended up going to the strip club with him. We had an okay. awesome time. Yeah, it was crazy. That's so, a story. And it's yep. like, it when somebody itself. say, what did you do last night? I went to a strip club with the Prince of Finland. <laughs> Like, nobody's going to believe me. No, no, craziness. I was in shock for like a week after, you know. I was like, after shock. I was like, I don't know if I want to go out after this. How much money were you spending that night? Nothing. He paid for everything. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Probably paid in jewels. Yeah. Guys got worth like 200 million just in art, you know. That's (laughs) a good night. That's a good story. Very good night. Very fun night. This is, and mind you, this was right when I graduated at this point, Prince of Finland story. But when I graduated, I said, you know what? I have the engineering degree now. That's my backup. I said, I really don't want to do this. I was an engineering intern while I was in school. So I went through the ropes and I learned and I saw, okay, this might not really be for me sitting behind a computer all day. I'm more personable. I said, worst case, I can try what I want to try. I'm young. I'm 22. Yeah. My backup is my engineering degree. I had money yeah. saved up. I did a bunch of odds and end jobs while I was in school with the lip balm company and everything. So I was like, you know what? Time's not of the essence right now. I'm in no rush. I'm not going to look to become a big engineering guy right now. So I said, I got to do something that I can do now that I can make some money and hopefully build something out of it. So at that point, I was trading penny stocks. That was my thing. I bought a bunch of courses online. I was trading my own money. And I was training for like two or three hours a day. And I used to come here at this table. And this is where I would trade every day. I'd come here, smoke a cigar, trade my stocks, and I had nothing else to do all day. So I'm like, Yeah, because most of that is in the morning. Yeah, right? it was, morning. It was an hour and a half in the morning, hour and a half in the afternoon. That was it. You're yeah. done. Like in the daytime, it's very, it's dead. It's like baseline. Yeah. You know, you're doing the volatility at yep, time. Yep. So I was like, I got to figure something out I could do during the day. I have so much time. I felt like a fucking bum almost, you know? <laughs> so I said, you know what? Let me start an Instagram page just in case I want to sell a trading course in the future. That's my whole premise of this. So I started my first account, Ace of Trading. That was the page. And at that point, I was just reposting motivational quotes, uh, nice houses, nice cars. And I was just trying to put like motivational captions and tagging the pages. And then I started putting out me smoking cigars. You know, I put like the cigar here with the nice, you know, glass of scotch or whatever. Yeah. And it started getting a good amount of traction. I was like, this isn't that difficult to do. I could do this with another page. I have all the fucking time in the world. Yeah. So I made a page, Ace of Cars. So I like cars. That started growing really quick. I think I had 10,000 followers in the first month. Because this is, you know... Four or five years ago. And yeah, that when, it, when so the algorithm was really exactly. in your favor. <laughs> Instagram, Instagram, like four or five years yep. ago, mm-hmm. you could gain so many followers overnight. Organically and targeted. I mean, it and was unbelievable. And like you said, it didn't really require a whole lot of work because 
all you had to do, if you had another page that was already successful, yep. you could legit repost yep. their viral photos follow, yeah, on works. yours. And mm-hmm. that's when you see, if you ever go to the Explore page, you see the same photo over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's because that photo went viral and everybody else was reposting. Yeah, I mean, pictures from three, four years ago I took, everyone, like, still to this day, get reposted from some odd cigar account. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, this, people still use this picture? What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I first started Brother Cigar, I texted, uh, Brand, uh, not Brandon, uh, Justin, the same like next day, I'm like, dude, I gained 300 followers in one day. He's like, yeah, dude, because he had like a couple thousand already. He had it for about almost a year. Oh yeah, you were first. You yeah, came on the scene uh, yeah. After. And uh, I was like, man, this is so easy. And I look back. If you go scroll in the bottom, my mm. pictures are not where oh, nearly trash. what they are today. Oh, wait, trash. Oh my god, editing. Yeah, trash. Editing like was photographers now. <laughs> everything was terrible. Mm-hmm. And today, like, I put up a sick pic, and it's now it's like it's hard to get like the traction that it yeah. used to be. But uh, yeah, it's no, funny. It's it funny. True. But because of that, like you guys did well in the beginning too because it was a niche page. And I realized that real quick where I was like, okay, I did the trading, very niche with the luxury motivation. Did the cars, very niche. So you know what? Then I made the cigar page, Ace of Cigars. Yep. That's when that came onto the scene. And I was just reposting pictures of me smoking cigars and just like me in my scenario of smoking the cigar. That gained traction extremely quick. I think I had like 25,000 followers at one point. But I kept seeing, okay, niche, niche might keep working. So then I did motivation. Then I did luxury. <laughs> then I was like, okay, what about other pages that I don't really care about? But I know can have a good audience. So I did makeup, photography, food. All ace of something. Ace of something. Ace of tattoos. Ace of uh, beauty. Really? Ace of luxury. Ace of uh, motivation. Whatever it was. So and how many accounts did you have at 14. One? And in four months, I had over a quarter million followers across all of them. So I had all these people watching. I'm like, what the fuck do I do? And there's no face to any of these pages. It's yeah. just ace of and it's just me reposting the people that I was tagging. And at that point, I had a good presence on Facebook. I just kept writing like motivational stuff as I was on my journey. And I kept getting reached out to like talk in these Facebook groups. So I did a talk in the Facebook group one day. I was here doing the talk, doing the live. And someone's like, you're like the godfather of Instagram. Because they wanted me to get on to talk about Instagram. They're like, <laughs> you got all these followers and shit. Like, can you come on and like, teach us? They're all business owners. So I got on and started talking. like, you're, you're like the godfather of Instagram. I was like, that's a interesting name that's a great tagline that's a big big bold name right yeah that's what i thought in the beginning i said that's a little too bold for me i was like i don't know if i want to be portrayed as the godfather you know i already look like i'm in the mob and everything the cigars i don't know if i want the persona out there so i kept on the back burner for months like maybe almost a year before yeah, that yeah, name yeah. actually came to the scene i was like you know what? let me put it in my bio and i put it in the bio and it slowly became a thing but what ended up happening was all these pages i had people started reaching out to me like the beauty page i made a killing on that was like the best page i don't know why but all these people, like makeup artists for that page specifically, they'd reach out and say, hey, can you post my photo on your page? Sure. They don't know it's a guy. They have no fucking, I'm like, sure. Yeah, give me a hundred bucks. They're like, how much? I was, in the beginning, it was like $3. Like, I didn't know what the fuck. I'm just yep. posting one of your photos. Yeah. So I had packages, you know, one for three, two for five, you know, five for 10, whatever it was. And they would pay me for the photos. And then the other accounts started to get that traction too. Like the car pages, car uh, photographers wanted me to post their stuff. And it started building that way. And I said, okay, maybe there's something here. I don't, I don't know. I'm not making a killing off of it. But I have an audience. Like, what can I do with this? And slowly over time, I just kept telling more and more people about it. And people started asking me, hey, can you grow my page? Sure. What's your login? They're like, how much? 50 bucks. I, I had no idea. Like, you don't know. Yeah, because to you, it was, it was it's, easy it's stuff. Yeah. Okay. I got to get on there. I got to engage. I got to follow yep, people. I got to yeah. post. You got to do hashtags. That's it. That was, that was the target back then. And that's what I was doing. And then it slowly became into, hey, can you manage my page? Hey, can you do content? Hey, can you do ads? Can you do this? Can you do that? And wow. that's how we kind of built the agency. But the way the agency started was... I kind of took a break with the Instagram stuff at one point. Like, I slowed down. I always stayed at Ace of Trading, my personal page. I eventually converted to Tony Peck. But at one point, I took a little null because I didn't know what I was doing with it. Got my real estate license. I was like, you know what? I wanted to, always wanted to buy property. So I said, let me get my license now. I got time. So I got that. I built my own real estate page up in Westchester to get business. And what ended up happening was I didn't really get much business. But realtors started reaching out to me to teach them social media. 
So I started going to these brokerages just to talk about social media. I didn't charge anything. It was just like, hey, I'm a guy in the local area. I got social presence. Like this is what yeah, you should be doing yeah. and stuff. And this is super early stage. So I did that for about like six or eight months. And then I was doing it with my, uh, my best friend, PJ. And he got into med school at this point in time. He goes, well, I guess I'm going to med school. So there goes real estate. So that little team kiboshed. I said, well, i got to figure out what the fuck I'm going to do. Yeah. So I didn't know what I was going to do. So I talked to my other college roommate, Michael, who I grew up with as well. He lived around the block from me all my life. And we've been friends like the sixth grade. I was like, remember that construction company you worked for in college? You think, you know, they're looking to hire. There was a company in Yonkers. So they said, yeah, sure. So I went over, I did an interview and I said, listen, I'll help you guys with social media. I just want to learn how to like pretty much build a house from scratch. If I buy property to flip, I just want the knowledge to do it. I'm here to learn. And they're like, and you can do the social? I said, 100%. I'll take over the social, no problem. Took over their social and I started working as a project manager. Then I started networking heavily in the cigar lounges. I ended up getting them contracts in the city to do work for these developers. So then I started managing these sites in the city because I was at the cigar lounge. It was crazy. And while I was there, I just kept pushing on my personal page. You know, I'd post motivational quotes. I'd show the journey. I'd be home reading, smoking a cigar. So people, everything kept coming back to the personal. Everything kept Ace coming back trading. to the personal. Yeah, Ace of Trading. I, Tony Peck at then this I, point. Yeah, I changed it to Tony Peck at that point. How and much time are you spending? Like Every day, all day. I'm always on the phone. Even when I was on the, on the job sites, always on my phone doing the, the Instagram stuff. Like, well, because at this point, this is, this is your full-time. You don't have a full-time job. Like exactly. This is the full-time job. Exactly, yeah. Well, so, when I was doing all 14 accounts, it took me – I was on the phone about 14 to 16 hours a day, and I would post on every account once a day. All 14 accounts. That so it's pretty a lot much of time. like an hour for each account that you're on there. Yeah. Captions, hashtag, I'd follow right after I post. You got to tag the 20 accounts you want to tag. Sometimes you forget off the top of your head, you got to go look. Oh. Like the Ace of Cigars, I tag you guys every single time. Yeah. I did and, it on every single fucking page, all 14 pages. Such a pain So in the did you ever get like burnt out at that point? No, not really. I just didn't see anything happening, and that's when it kind of took like a little bit of a no, and I only focused on the pages I enjoyed. So I focused on my page, the cigar page, the car page, motivation page, luxury page, and I hired three of my buddies. So my other current business partner, Fran, he was, we called one of the aces. That's what we called each other. I had him and two girls. So they split the rest of the accounts that I want to do. It was like eight of them, <coughs> eight of the accounts. Any revenue they bring in, they get 50% of. I was like, just, you know, take care of the page, send out DMs, any business you close, we'll split it, I'll unfollow, you follow, and we'll call it a day. So that's what I started doing. And then that's when I was on construction, where I kind of took a little bit of a no just because I didn't see what was going, what was happening. And then I sat down here, December of uh, 2017, going into the new year of 2018. And I was with this kid, Sandra, and he's like, you know what? You know a lot of people our age that are young, that are entrepreneurial. Why don't you host like a little networking group? And I was like, you know what? That's not a bad idea. So in the new year of 2018, I put together this thing called Diamond Networking Group. And every Wednesday night, we'd meet here. And we'd just interact, hopefully pass business to each other, or at least be around the guys with like minds. Mind sure. Because it's difficult to find people that are young, that are on the right path, that are doing what they want to do. So that was like the little hub here. So you would just find different professions? People it was like, people that I already knew because I have okay. a large presence. So in college, I had the company freshman year. So I was known as like the entrepreneur at Manhattan College. So a lot of people that did want to talk about business would just come up to me in the bar and talk. So I became friends with them. And then through the page, I was just connecting with people. Like people DM me, I would just have conversations. It was better yeah. relationships to me. It wasn't like, okay, they send me a DM, just leave it alone. This is cool. It would be, hey, where are you from? What do you do? Blah, blah, blah. This yeah. is the sort. And then people locally started seeing that. So, so did you did you bring people – like when you said you had this diamond networking mm-hmm. company, did you bring just random people that wanted to attend or you had like a group and you guys would come here and would you network between the people here or Correct. would you talk about how to – It was networking. It was people that I knew. So I knew everyone that came and I was hoping they'd bring new people for me to meet. But people that oh, were coming, okay. they didn't know each other. So it was great for them to – So you were kind of just it. like the host to say, hey, listen. Correct. Like you were, you were the common denominator between everybody. Exactly. Come, gotcha. let's have a cigar. Let's network. Maybe you guys got some business. You know, at least at the minimum, you guys have connections this way. And people started coming, and I did it for three months, every Wednesday night. But I think at the end, I had about 50 people come in, you know, not every day, but over the three months. But there was only three people that kept coming back and forth. So it was me and my two partners now, Mike and Fran. 
where I said, listen, let's just shut the doors. Let's come up with a business idea. So that's what we did. We sat down here. Then we just took every Wednesday night. We'd meet up here and we'd come up with, what can we start? What can we start? What can we start? We had mm-hmm. no fucking idea. All I had was this personal brand, Tony Peck at this point. I had about maybe twenty-five to 30,000 followers at this point in time, which was a lot back then. Oh, yeah. And still, it's still a lot now. It's I a mean, lot now. You're I right. I mean, once you get oh, over the 10K mark, it's like now you, you have to swipe up. That's, where, really, that's like, where the work really starts. That's when it's, yeah. yeah. You get the swipe up. That was big. Because now, now if you have a website or if yep. you have anything that you want to sell podcast, or a podcast, you know, swipe up for the full podcast, all that stuff. So. Exactly. So we were coming up here with these ideas. And the common denominator between three of us wanted to help people. And I go to a lot of these different conferences and these business events. And I'm sure you guys have seen it too before. Where you go to these events and all they do is sell from the stage. There's no, it's not genuine anymore where you pay mm. for the ticket and you just learn. It's You pay for the ticket and yeah. then every speaker that gets on there is selling something to you yeah. every single time. Which you, to me you is like, pay, cool. You pay for the opportunity to, to buy get, something else. Exactly. You, you pay to get pitched to. Yeah. It's crazy. To me, I was like, this isn't right. If I'm someone that's trying to learn, you should be giving me value for the ticket that I'm paying. And that's where the biggest value is, is mm-hmm. especially today, is giving knowledge mm-hmm. basically for free mm-hmm. and giving back because through the years, that's what all yeah. seminars were. I remember going to one thinking I was going to learn something. And it was a whole buy my package for three thousand. Another yep. one mm-hmm. buy mine for two thousand. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I learned maybe one or two things, but I think this guy's a scumbag now because yeah. he wants to sell me. Yeah. So this, this it, whole speech is to set up the pitch. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I'm assuming that you go there just to honestly teach, mm-hmm. it makes you stand out more because my personal opinion would be if I went to learn to teach and I went there and I actually learned multiple things, not worrying about. Oh, I have to I have to pay a thousand dollars on my credit card for this. Yeah, I'd be like, oh shit, mm-hmm. you know, this guy mm-hmm. seems knowledgeable, more personable, and not an asshole because I'm not trying. He's not pushing his product yeah. on me. He well, just wants to he wants to teach, mm-hmm. and that goes a long way, especially on social media. The biggest accounts, mm-hmm. the biggest presence, are people that are giving knowledge back. Yeah, because that's what gets people wanting more. They want to learn. And then learn, from there, learn. you might buy their course. So yeah. That's the right yeah. way to do it, I think. Instead and then of they say, hey, action now because you're an action taker. Like that was a big pitch on all these things. Yeah, and what and and a lot. You know these conferences; they're not cheap. No, I mean, not. I mean, if you go to a Tony Robbins con, it's you know tens of thousands of dollars yeah. to get there. Mm-hmm. So some of the lower end, I don't want to say lower end, but the cheap and less expensive conferences, yeah. there's still a few hundred bucks. And as a starting an, a person, an entrepreneur starting out, it's a lot of money. That's a lot of money right up front. You know, mm-hmm. if you're really just trying to get your business off the floor, and you're trying to, you know, you already have a nine to five job, you're trying to do this as a side hustle. Spending five hundred dollars to go to a conference is, is already a lot, yeah. and then you get there and like, oh, now you got to pay another five thousand. Especially you want the full material, it's yeah, like, it's like I can't, I can't afford that yeah. as, a, as a right when you're starting out. That's that's impossible to afford, and mm-hmm. especially when you they promising, oh, learn how to do this, learn mm-hmm. this, learn this, mm-hmm. and you go, okay, I'm going to learn something and leave with it. And then again, I never like that that feeling of I, I feel pressured mm-hmm. of buying something because I remember when I lived in Connecticut, I went with someone I worked with at AT and T. And I said, hey, and I know you've got some entrepreneurial mindset. Me and go, it was a, a Draymond John mm-hmm. a seminar. And I was concerned. I was like, yo, you want to go split it? And he's like, eh, I don't know. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really, I don't know this guy from a hole in the wall. Why am I going to drop all this money? And it's the same thing. It's the same song and dance for years. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, give you some knowledge, buy my course. Give you some knowledge, buy my course. So yep. the fact that you're kind of deviating off that path, they're just saying, yeah, just pay this little price or whatever whatever you and charge. There was no pitching. That was yeah. the whole premise of the And I'll just give you information. That was it. Have a nice day. And like Eric said, no is, is people will respect you more mm-hmm. and they appreciate it more because you're giving them what you say you're going to give them. Yeah, exactly. You say, hey, come to my course. I'm going to teach you everything that I know. Yep. And all it is is 100 bucks. And, that's and then they get there. Out. And they're probably, a lot of people are skeptical yes. as it is. I mean, when it comes to any of this, you know, motivational, um, entrepreneurial, all this, this, this growth mindset, 
a lot of people are skeptical as it is because they feel like they're going to sell them something because yep. that's what everybody did. Yeah. But now that you're, when they get there, you're actually giving them what you say that you're going to give them. Right off the bat, they're, they're like, all right, this guy is different. I trust this yeah. guy way more because he's not trying to sell me some pay. So how do you how do you promote that? Like how do you – so if you're setting up an event, do you say like – do you say something funny like, you know, lack of a better term, like I'm not going to sell – I'm not going to sell you. I'm not going to sell you on my program. Like, no. So the whole premise was well, we didn't even get into the event part of it. That's what happened. So we – that was the idea. Oh, that's what okay. we were supposed to start. Yeah. So you guys – so we'll back – you guys are yep. here every Wednesday trying to come up with an idea. That was the idea. Events, you pay for the ticket, no pitching. So now we're like, what's going to be the name? How do we set this up? Where are we going to do the venue? Tony got to push through your page. I've never sold anything on my page before. This is so it was $3 posts. Yeah. So $3 <laughs> posts bro, here and there. I'll manage your page. I'll post for you. Like, what the fuck? Do you, I don't know if my audience is going to buy tickets for me to go speak in a conference. And I was like, I don't know if my network is deep enough that the speakers that I can get here are big enough to draw a crowd in. So there's a lot of variables. And the hardest thing in the beginning was the name. Couldn't figure out the fucking name. That's right. always the hardest. That's that's always, the name and the logo is always the hardest. That's oh. what I, I mean, I mean, we, we we kind of in that boat right now, thinking you know, we're coming out with our own cigar soon. It's the same thing. It's just like name and logo, mm-hmm. like the cigar, the blending, all that stuff. You can put the name and the logo. Yeah, because once like, it's out there, you're like, I really don't want to change it. Once it's there, you establish yeah. it, you're pushing it, you're pushing it, you're pushing. Then you want to change it. It's a whole and it could be thing. anything. Yeah. It could be anything. I mean, so. they even come up with the name for the burn down. We came up with the name burn down because I said, hey, I like acronyms. I like think you know you see the name and it actually means something. So miraculously, I have brother cigar. He has dapper cigar. So I was like BDP. I'm like, all right, what can we do with B? And we're like, all right, burn. All yeah, right, cigar, cigars. you burn it. And we're like, all right, but we're like talking, we're conversating. We're like, we're burning it down. You know, you kind of conversating. We're like, burn down podcast. I'm <laughs> I like, love that. And literally just popped out because <laughs> we like, wanted something that was that was cigar related. <laughs> so it's like you're burn you burn down a cigar. So like the whole premise was like, well, you know, we'll spark it up, talk it out, and burn it down. <laughs> and that's kind of like the tagline. Yep. Love it. Um, so so mm-hmm. you're here every Wednesdays. Yep. You guys have come up with an idea. Now you, you can't think of a name, but the mm-hmm. idea was events. The so where do you events. go from there? So Fran said to us, you know, what about why not you? So we look at him. Just out of nowhere, just popped it. Just he, he was sitting right. He was sitting at, in this chair uh, near the table. I was sitting over there. And my other partner was sitting over there, and we just look up at him. And I was like, I like that a lot. Like, yeah, my mother always just told me like, why not you? Like, why can't you be who you want to be? Why can't you achieve you know whatever you want to achieve? I said, you know what? I feel like the top people in the world, that's the mentality you have to have is why not you? Why, why can't you do what's it? Your why? Yeah, what's, what's your why? Yeah, what's the reasoning you can't? Like, exactly. So I said, that's a fantastic name for the event because remember, this is events, positivity, mindset. Why not you? That'll be the mentality. So then, okay, that we got the name. What's the next thing? How do we fund these fucking things? Uh. We're newer entrepreneurs. Like, we don't want to come out of a lot of pocket to do all these events and then we lose because we don't get enough people here. Yeah, because you need a big space. Yep. Yeah. Especially if you, want, if you want to bring in the amount of people that you want. They got to pay for the space whether people show up or not. And exactly. I don't know if I was people to get people to show up. That was my biggest. I was like, we're going to charge how much? Yeah. I don't know if people are going to swipe up the buy. Like, I have no fucking. I've never sold anything at this Scary. point to Scary swipe to up about. the buy, but we got to make sure we pay regardless if people show up or not. So Fran was like, you know what? You're already doing this Instagram stuff. And he was doing the stuff with me with Ace stuff. And he goes, why don't we like turn this into a media thing in the meantime where we sell the Instagram growth and take those funds and then we put that to the event so at least we don't come out of pocket. I said, that's not a bad fucking idea. So that's what we did. So we started pushing the Instagram growth. We made packages, we made a website and then we came into the scene where why not you media? And with that, we started that LLC November of 2018. That's when we, we officially became a company. And then from there, I quit construction last February and from then to now, we have a team of 17 people. Nice. We've serviced over 500 clients. It's, it's just been insane. You know, from there, like I said, from Instagram growth to now the management, the strategy, the ads, the websites, the growth, the press, we just 
it made so many different services that we can offer now just because people wanted them they needed them i made connections how can we get this done we just built the team out that's great and it's been uh, it's been something else like i said it stumbled upon me almost accidentally but i've been on instagram for so long pushing something that was like where am i going to find my lane to actually get into doing something but that, that's what's cool because you kept chipping away you kept mm-hmm. chipping away this wasn't working out this wasn't mm-hmm. working out i like this idea but you kept going at it yep. you kept going at it and that's what we always say like the hardest part is really just doing it yeah. like the fact that you mm-hmm. set up a, a weekly meeting mm-hmm. you said you know i don't like this idea let me go after it i don't like it you just kept going at it and then something sprouted in them now it's why yeah, you're not meeting most successful people media. whether they're the best or not they're just the most consistent mm-hmm. i don't think you have to be the best at anything you have to be the most known and you gotta be the one doing it the longest like those two things you're gonna win yeah like i've been i've been showing my face on a story ever since stories came out i haven't missed a day on a story <laughs> like think about that stories came out how many years a few years ago they came out since day one i posted a story haven't looked back like that's fucking consistency. You know? Yeah, like that's the hardest thing people can do is that is stay on something for a long enough period of time where it actually gets some results that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, I teach that to my clients all the time. They're like, "Hey, I'll try you guys for a month. It's not worth trying. That's me not for what. A month. That's said, not what it's about. If you're gonna try me for a month, I don't need the money. Save your money. Wait to come to me when you're gonna do it. I don't know. I'm not gonna lock you in, but wait to come to me when you're ready, willing, and able to think about doing this for six or twelve months. I said because one month's not. You're not gonna get anything out of it. Yeah. Right. This took me five years to be sitting in front of you. I said, for you to think it's going to take one month for you to drum up business just because you have a background, I said, you may have an offline brand. That means nothing online. No one knows you yet online. Yeah. You got to build it up online. So that, that's a hard thing that I see. We're talking to clients now because they're older and they may be established doing it for 15, 20, 25 years. I'm like, that doesn't convert here if there's nothing here yet. It's a whole new brand. It and took you 25 years to get offline. It's, it's going to take you some time to build online. Yeah, it's, it's like um, I remember a quote from Denzel Washington who had said that um, – Goals on the road to achievement cannot be achieved without discipline and consistency. And I see him right now. He's not missing a day. He's posting right, <laughs> posting right now, <laughs> mid mid episode. He's on the phone. I love it, posting yeah, it. But it. it's uh, but he says yeah. Goals on the road to achievement cannot be achieved without discipline and consistency. And that's the thing is, no matter what it is, and it doesn't matter what it, it could matter. be. It could be anything. You could make an Instagram about socks, about socks, pencils. Who cares? Doesn't matter. Just consistency mm-hmm. over and over and That's, over again. Don't miss a day. Keep going, keep going. And then the hardest part is where the discipline comes in is when you've been six months in yes, and you don't happens. see the traction mm-hmm. and you don't see anything. You're like, crap. Like, yeah. I've been posting every single day for six months. Or two years in my case. Or two years. And, and it's same like, thing, same thing it's like okay, yeah, yeah, I got a little bit of growth, but it's like I seen this other account who just started a year ago and he's got 20,000 followers already and I've been for four for three years and I only have 1,000. It's yeah. like, just keep going because keep going. because You'll be rewarded for your efforts. Mm-hmm. And I think I think you said it. I watched one of your videos and you said social media is a long-term game. Mm-hmm. It's not short-term. And uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's notorious for that because mm-hmm. he had his little wine company that was nothing. And yep. he was consistent with it, consistent with it, similar to your situation. And now he's one of the biggest entrepreneurs, bigger, biggest guys in the world. Yeah. And that's what it just goes back to is just being disciplined mm-hmm. and being consistent. Because on my Instagram, I still haven't reached 10,000 followers. And I've po- over the last year... I posted every, almost every single day. This year, I'm posting like three or four times a week. But well, that's because of the burn we have, we have down. The, yes. We have the burn down. We're doing other things. So yep. it takes up all the time. But at one point, when I just had Brother Cigar, mm-hmm. I made sure to post every single day. And that was when Instagram was good. You yeah. post every single day, you're getting all the interaction. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you just have to be consistent with it. I got to say, I know a lot of people. You guys see me meeting a lot of people. I'm not all the time now. My network's tremendous at the point. Over a billion dollars between everyone I know. Out of all the people I know, especially on social, you guys might be the two most other consistent people that I know personally. Like, you guys were literally at the beginning. When I, before I was even, why not? You was a thing. Before Tony Peck was a fucking page. 
You I guys remember, I remember seeing you here. <laughs> I remember yeah, you seeing you in here, here. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like maybe last summer or two years ago. And you said, yep. and this is right before we, we might've been just starting it or right before, but I remember seeing you here and you said, yo, you guys should have a podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I don't remember what I responded about, but I remember you saying that downstairs in front of the bar, we took a picture yep. and you're like, yo, you and Justin should do something together and start mm-hmm. a podcast. And I think that was the time we were. And I was like, Hey man, we're getting in the mix of it. So mm-hmm. it, it's, it's all about consistency. Yeah, it's really what it's, it is. Because I remember, I remember you from I took like way back. I'm like mm-hmm. I, the same thing. And I remember uh, back when it was the, the Ace of uh, the I would Ace, Ace of, of Cigars, um, yep. Ace of Cigars, mm-hmm. Ace of Larger, you. all this stuff. And I'm like, who's this Ace guy? Because like, <laughs> and then like every day a new a new page. I'm like Ace of this Ace. I'm like mm-hmm. all these guys. And then I would go to one page <laughs> yep, and I would yep. see, and I would see like one and I would see you know how when you when you have the other pages and it says like oh uh, combined hundred thousand followers between uh, in our network and I'm looking at all these aces ace 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 I'm like who is this ace guy and I'm like <laughs> so I, I remember following and then all of a sudden like you started posting your face right yep. and I'm like okay this guy and then all of a sudden it changed to Tony Peck I'm like who's this Tony Peck guy and then you were telling like um, but I was following like I like this guy I'm like who is this guy I was who like yo aces cigars and Tony Peck's the same guy <laughs> yeah and then, and then and it clicked I'm like I'm like who who is this guy he's posting cigar I'm like all right he's following me he's tagging me I'm like all right this is cool so we started like interacting. Yep, and then and then it, like your your page took off, and then he was telling me that he met you here, and then yeah. like holy shit, and then he was saying, oh by the way, uh, he's like I was talking to Tony Peck, we're gonna you remember you, he goes you remember this guy, he sent me the, the, your page, he goes remember this guy, I was like yeah I remember this guy, he goes so 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 and so was saying we should get get together, and he wants yeah. to be on the podcast, I'm like oh no shit, like, I remember this guy from like from the Ace days, yeah, like, way back. Yep. Yeah. I think it was uh was it my fiance's brother Mark. Mark. Yep, it was Mark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. He was like yo, I I met up with Tony, he was asking mm-hmm. how you doing, he, he said you guys should collab, I'm like. Oh, that's, I was like, yeah, for sure. So I remember DMing you and I was like, wait, I think I have his phone number. And that's when yeah, I texted exactly, you, come, yep. I texted you last month and I was like, yo, let's, let's get let's on together. It. And you're like, let's do it. So, so, so I are. remember, so I watched a video of yours mm-hmm. and you made a very good analogy or uh, about, I don't know about analogy, but a comparison mm-hmm. between yeah, analogy, yeah. social media and fast food restaurants. Mm-hmm. And what you had said is that social media is exactly like fast food restaurants. They're are a number of different fast food restaurants, and you'll never go to a to McDonald's looking to buy a Whopper. Correct. Right? You won't yeah. go to Burger King looking to buy a burrito, a Nachos Bel Grande. Yeah, right? exactly. And you were saying that social media is the same way. Is you're not going to go to Facebook with the same mentality as you would on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So my question is, how do you feel about how all of these platforms are now trying to be like other platforms? Mm-hmm. Like for instance. Um, Snapchat came, was the first to come out with those things, the stories that last 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Now Facebook has stories. Now Instagram has stories. LinkedIn has, has stories. LinkedIn has stories. <laughs> TikTok was coming out with you know the videos, and now Instagram has reels. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel about that? All these social media platforms that are essentially just becoming all the same. Yeah. How do you how do you decipher? Because when when TikTok came out, I'm like another platform. Do I want to like embark on this journey? And then reels came out, and I was like. Because people are like, Eric, you should do informative cigar videos on Real on um, yeah. TikTok. And I said, Justin, maybe we should look into it. But we're just so busy with our own pages, the podcast, editing, blah, 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 blah. And, I was, and then Instagram came out. I was like, all right, maybe we should start doing the Reels because we're not doing TikTok. So kind of let's just get on the wave. So how do you navigate and how do you, like mm-hmm. Justin said, how do you decipher between and how do you go after? Right now, it's an amazing opportunity because prior to all these platforms trying to like take from each other, it was just the platforms. And when I did that talk, just from that talk to now, things have changed significantly where TikTok wasn't even part of the scene. Yeah, I don't remember when that talk was. It was That was last year in the summertime, I believe. Yeah, you were on yeah. a panel of a couple yeah. of people. Yep. And at that point in time, the mentality is still true where every platform, the audience, even if I'm the same person, like it's still Tony Peck on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. When I go to each of those different platforms, 
my psyche is different for that platform. LinkedIn, I already know it's more professional. I got to change my verbiage, my content, my interactions a little bit. Instagram, you can be a little more sales. You're going to generate more business out of Facebook's an older demographics. You have to play and cater to the platform that you're on. But now, because all these platforms are like, I don't want to get devoured by one of these. I need to adapt and take whatever I see that's doing well. It gives us more of an opportunity to stay on the platforms we enjoy creating on because now they have all those features that are the different platforms. Before, it was like, okay, if you're on Instagram, you can't do the short stuff. There was no stories back in the day. You had to be on Snapchat for that. Well, I didn't like Snapchat because it was a young audience. Yeah. So I would have to cater to that audience then to generate content that they would like, which to me is very time-consuming. And a lot of times, you know, when I'm sitting down even pitching to customers or clients that I have, they're like, why can't I be on all five or all six platforms? And I said, it's the same mentality of, you'll have so much time in a day. You know, when I was doing Instagram stuff, that was the only thing I did was Instagram. Because when you focus on one platform, you can put 110% effort into it, build up a real audience. And then from there, you can take that audience and put them to your other platforms. Mm-hmm. What a lot of people do is, like, you know what? I got to be on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. You're on five. You're spreading yourself too thin because you're only putting 20% of effort into each platform. None of them are going to grow large enough that you're actually going to develop a solid brand. You might be an outlier and it may happen, but it's not a practical thing to tell an own, a business owner or an entrepreneur because you got to do so many other things in your business and your day-to-day aside from just creating the content for each platform specifically. Because the content, if you wanted to do it the right way, they should all be different content too per platform, mm-hmm. which is a whole other conversation, how much time <laughs> that's going to take. And then you're really spreading yourself that thin because you may not be answering comments on LinkedIn because you're busy on creating for TikTok and then you're not answering your, your Instagram DMs because you're also posting on Snapchat. And it takes away from you building that actual desire that like the demographic that target that you want that's going to become a loyal fan base mm-hmm. so what i did was just double down on instagram and you build that that way like i had a podcast the midnight motivation podcast yep, last I'm year that. and i got listened to in over 50 countries i only did it for 12 weeks because i did i bit off more than i can chew honestly i did three episodes a week with one guest in the middle plus running the business and working and it was just too much but over that time i had over 100,000 views it was crazy all from my instagram page that was it that was my only form of advertising and marketing because i had that loyal fan base already so they were just willing to swipe up and listen to my podcast. And I had viewers coming in. As opposed to if I was on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, you wouldn't have that much of a yeah. loyal fan base. You know, you may still have numbers. I might still have 25,000 across all platforms, but you wouldn't have that much of an in-depth, like, loyal following mm-hmm. that's interacting with you, messaging you, asking you questions. Like, I have people that follow me now for, like, you guys, when, we, when I first started Tony Peck, that still DM me. And they're like, I remember you when you had 18,000 followers. And they'll tell me that. And, like, it's been amazing to watch the journey from then to now. And now it's much easier when I do hop on a platform, swipe up, add me on LinkedIn, swipe up, follow me on Twitter. And you can easily pull from the, that audience to other pages. Like I'm starting a YouTube channel in the new year. It's going to be easy to grow a following because I already have a presence on mm-hmm. other yep. places. You can drive traffic from the main mm-hmm. the main social media platform exactly. that you already have mm-hmm. engaged followers, loyal followers. Correct. And you can say, hey, listen, if you like me on this platform, yeah. why don't you check here. me out over here? Exactly. I already know you're on there. Now mm-hmm. you can watch me on here as well. And you know, the thing, like I love Gary Vee, big fan of him, but I don't think a lot of stuff's practical. He has a team now, I believe, of 40 people just for Gary Vee's personal brand. That's insanity payroll-wise. Yeah. I can't even imagine numbers. He's paying call 50 grand per person times 40. That's a yearly, insane. Yeah. Answer, right? <laughs> people don't have that type of budget, you know, to have 40 people just to work on their personal brand. Because he's like, you got to be on every platform all the time, putting out 100 pieces of content. That's just not practical advice for the typical business owner entrepreneur whether even a small or medium-sized business honestly like we're a medium-sized business that's not practical to be on seven fucking platforms every day all day if you're the one doing it or you have to hire a lot of people where it gets really costly at that point so the more practical ways pick one platform pick what you like you know if you like to write get on linkedin you could do blog posts yeah people like blog posts they're not going to read your blog posts on instagram yeah. but on linkedin they're more receptive to doing that if you like to do video 
get on Instagram or get on Facebook. You know, like if you just like to do little tidbits about or what you've YouTube. Done, or YouTube. Yeah, yeah longer yeah. For, longer form videos. Do YouTube. If you want short information that's digestible, you can type, get on Twitter. You know, like cater to what you, you like to do already content output-wise. Pick that platform. Stick to that platform. Just keep building out. Like for you guys, I love how you brought that up. You didn't get on TikTok. Neither did I. I tried it. I must have posted about maybe 50 or 60 videos. Didn't get any traction. I said, I'm spending enough fucking time doing this. I'm capping this. Reels came out. Now I'm on Reels because I'm already on the platform. Yeah. And I've been doing cigar reviews on Reels. Yep. I saw, the, yeah. I'm seeing that. And they've been great. Yeah. And that stuff like that, it's okay. Now the platforms are adjusting for us, which gives us more opportunity. We don't have to jump to a new platform That's because that platform is something that is gaining more attention. It's okay. Stay where you are. Your audience is there. You integrate and take advantage of the new features because t- typically on any of these platforms and new features, they're going to give you more reach because you're using that new feature for them. Mm. The app wants you to use all the new shit that they're putting in there. So when yeah. you use it, they reward you. So I'm just playing to the platform that I'm already at with the established presence, that established audience, and just doubling down on that. And then you can squeeze out that way. Like me, in the new year, I'll be on Instagram. I'll be on YouTube. I'll have my podcast. We're going to bring back our Why Not You podcast. And I'm on LinkedIn. So I'm on four account platforms. I'm on Facebook. I just post stuff. I post on Instagram. I already have like my yeah. friends there. It's, it's connect. It's linked, right? So I don't post on the business page. To me, it's a waste because the reach is so low. You got to pay for ads. Yeah. So I just post on my personal page. I got like 4,500 friends, whatever it is, just to put it out there because sometimes they may not see it on Instagram because Instagram is the lowest thing. It's reach all the time. So I'm like, it doesn't hurt just to put my stuff on Facebook. So I'll be on five platforms after in the new year. And that's, you don't need to be crazy. It doesn't have to be anymore. Yeah. You know, maybe I'll get onto six in the year after that. Whatever the new one is. Yeah, in 2022, maybe I'll go into a new platform. But like if you focus on the main ones that you're good at, build that out, that's a home run. Because you're going to be able to build a much more loyal audience. As you guys have seen in your, your community. Yeah. You guys have a community now. It's not just a page. Yeah. You guys aren't just posting and th- you guys have a fucking community. You guys have built relationships, friendships. I oh, think yeah. It's, 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 it's wild how, I mean... It's it's crazy to think of of where we started. Like we said before, mm-hmm. we even started filming. Is as anybody that's watching or listening, they they know that our first episode was just Eric and I with a camera, no <laughs> microphones, no furniture, nothing. It was no lighting, nothing. It was te- and I look back at it now, and our our chemistry was so awful. And it's actually one of the most viewed videos. It, I know it's but it's it's it was so awful, but. It's crazy that now that we have people that send us, you know, gifts from, I mean, from Vancouver to mm-hmm. to London to to India to it's wild China. It's I move people all over. There's the place, people but. that like really truly enjoy us, which is weird because mm-hmm. we're just average, yeah. we're just average Joes, just guys. Average that have, we're, to grasp. We're, we're just <laughs> we're just two guys that mm-hmm. that smoke cigars and then bullshit. But mm-hmm. and we we get some packages that are like we got one package and it was a box of just. Stuff and then we had individual cards. They're written that they read stuff out about yeah, us, like wow. hey. And I'm like, awesome. shit. I'm like, what the hell? And I think the biggest misconception on Instagram is that it's all about the followers and it's mm-hmm. all about all the comments and the likes, mm-hmm. which I completely disagree. It's all about the engagement and the interacting messages. with every single comment, interacting with mm-hmm. every single message. Because yep. Justin and I, I'm sure you do the same thing. I think I learned it from Gary V. Mm-hmm. He or uh, there's a YouTube channel called Minority Mindset. I think. And uh, he said, react, react, respond to every comment, respond to every DM, and, and just build that. And I know people's first and last names. I know some people's like background, their family, just yeah. from DMing them. I've never met them in my life. Yeah. So when I do meet them in person, it's like, I know them. It's like, oh, hey, what's up? And I think that's how we built our following is just interacting. Because people will send me bizarre stuff. And like people even who reaction to my story, they'll like throw the the hard face like reaction on uh, on the story, or and I say, hey, thanks. Mm-hmm. I don't, I won't, I won't say, you know, say much, but it's an interaction. Or even yeah. just double tap and like it, just yeah. like when they respond, because yeah. you can double tap the reaction to say that you like yeah. it, like yeah. what, just anything. The yep. biggest thing is the is the inter, uh, interaction because mm-hmm. it, 
it's a it's a it's a social media. It's you're interacting yeah, with people. I say it all the time. It's people, a community. I think people forget that it's social. Yeah. You have to be social because people say like I hear it all the time. Oh, Tony, you have three hundred twenty thousand followers. Why do you only get two thousand likes? Only two thousand likes. You imagine standing in a room of two thousand fucking people. Yeah, it's fucking terrifying. No, I said that's two thousand individual people that are choosing to like my shit. That's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That's how I look at it. And I tell people too, like, oh. I only have, have 8,000 followers, but I'm only getting 72 likes. What do you mean only 72? I said, would you be comfortable talking in front of 72 people, people in a room? They're like, no. I was like, then what the fuck's the issue? I was like, DM every single one of the 72. If you don't think you have enough, DM every single one of them and connect with them if you don't know them already. Yeah. That's what I did when I started. You just fucking connect with every single person. Yeah. Especially if like, especially because I remember you, you had done a couple of talks with, with the real estate and, mm-hmm. and, and mentioning to people that are in real estate trying to get on social media mm-hmm. and you were saying that you have to just be on there and be active and be and be engaged mm-hmm. and like you said post stories every hour like just be yeah. on there and people like to see like if you're if you're a real estate um that's your thing mm-hmm. and you have a personal page show people yeah. a little a little glimpse into your personal life like mm-hmm. you said you you're doing real estate people know you for cigars so mm-hmm. it's like they can connect to you on a different level and then they trust you more and now they know if they want to buy a property they can go to you exactly and um, I think that, especially in that, let's say that, that example, real estate, if you post a picture of a house and you get, let's say you have 100,000 followers mm-hmm. and you only get 100 likes, mm-hmm. that means as a real estate, you got to think that's 100 different people that mm-hmm. liked my post that could be potential clients. Yeah, maybe they liked it in passing. Who cares? You should get If you them. reach out to 100 people, yeah, you're going to get at least one answer. You're going to get at least, least one. It's that's one, per, that's one percent. One percent is mm-hmm. like that. At least one. And if you get one, you sell it, boom, there's your commission for the You know month. how like, we first started getting clients? I didn't, like, even when we had Wine and Media, my network is nowhere near where it was now because I wasn't full time. I was still in the construction stuff. Now my network's insane. But then it wasn't like where it is now. I had DM all day long. I would stay in my office. I would stay here. I would send anywhere from three to 400 DMs every single day. That's all I did. You have to. Hey, congrats on the new baby. You know, I see you do this. How long have you been in your business doing this? You know, we'd love to help you expand. Grow. Whatever it was. I was just sending a personal DM to every single person that I thought may be able to use my service. A few people answered. They weren't interested again on a call. They go, to the, they go to the next one, you know. Then they get on a call. Then you close them. I started all my clients that I closed in the beginning. I never knew them personally. They were in different states. I never met them. You know, it's just me reaching out and then following up. That's another huge thing too. Yes. If you're in business on social media and you want to generate business, people think that one touch is going to close a sale. You know how many times it's taken me over a year? I have clients now that have been with me or I've been talking to for over a year. I got a call yesterday from a – this is a funny story. You guys appreciate this. Last (laughs) year, I went Christmas shopping for my clients. Went to the liquor store to buy a bunch of liquor. And I was in Throg's Neck and there was a little pop-up table. And there was this guy, Joe, there. And he was selling – it was like a nice blue bottle. It looked really cool. And it was called Blue, B-L-E-U, liquor. And it was a tequila and vodka mix or something like that. It was like two, two types of liquor mixed into one. I was like, this is fucking exotic. You want to try it? I was like, you know what? Fuck, I'll try it out. I tried. I was like, this is really smooth. And I was like, so how do you guys get started? You guys have like a social presence. We just started bullshitting. He goes, yeah, you know, we started this company a year and a half ago. We're in a few stores. We're just trying to get a name out there. So I gave him a few tips. So you know what? I want to support the business. Give me like four of your bottles. I'll keep like two for me and I'll give two to the clients. They're like, thank you so much, man. I was like, take down my number. If you guys can help with social, let me know. He just called me literally Saturday, yesterday. And this was a year ago you this, met him. This is last December. I was in the store buying Christmas gifts for my clients. And you, you hadn't talked to him since then? No, I follow up every month. Hey, how's everything going? Whole business is well. And there was no response. No, there is. Oh, yeah, all's good. All's good. You know, still no It's all about being on top like, of the like, brain. Like the, small, like the small talk kind exactly. of stuff. Exactly. Hey, how's everything going? How's the business been? Yeah, everything's going good. We got this going on. Cool, cool, cool. Calls me yesterday. Got a project I want you to work on. We're going to hire you guys. In a, it took me a year. I, was DM, I messaged him once a month, every month. Like that's, that's the difference in following up that people don't do. 
And another thing too, like you were saying, when you build that social interaction with people and your brand gets larger, like me, for instance, I'm verified now. I got that 320,000 followers. I'm, I'm like an, I'm a fucking influencer. Like it's weird. I hate to say it, but like people like you're an influencer now. I'm like, nah, I'm Tony, you know? But <laughs> I'm just a guy from the Bronx. I'm just a guy from the Bronx. But because I'm such a large page online, people hold more value now to when I talk to them. Like it's the crazy, like if I answer someone that just like reacted on my story and I send them an emoji back, I'm like, hope all is well, you know, appreciate mm-hmm. you. They're like, holy shit, you answered me. I'm like, that's what goes yeah, back to it. Course. Yeah, I'm a fucking person. But they're like, I wouldn't expect to get an answer from you, anyone, at your like level of on- online presence or whatever. So it holds that much more weight as you get bigger as a brand online, which I don't think people realize because when they get bigger, they start to answer less. That's when you got to answer more. 100%. Because it holds so much more weight to that person, you know? Because when you, when, you when you react to somebody just saying, thanks, you know, cheers, hope all is well, yeah. whatever you say, they go, oh, wow, this person reacted to me. The time. And then they'll be with their buddies or whoever they're with and something that's relevant to your business or service will come up and yeah. you might be top of the conversation. Be like, oh, you know, I follow this guy and yeah. he, you know, we, we talked about this, that, and they're like, mm-hmm. who's that? And they, oh, it's this guy, look. And you check him out because mm-hmm. if you just ignore that reaction when you ignore that DM, it's just, there's zero there. There's nothing Does there. It's yeah. just another account that didn't answer me or whatever. Cool, move, no, move. This, this person's actually a real person. They mm-hmm. actually inter- uh, interact with me. Yeah. And that's what's wrong with today is the interaction part. Like yes. In, in, yeah. in face-to-face. Yep. Mm-hmm. People forget about that. Yep. And I, I'm in sales. Justin's in sales. Mm-hmm. And, no, I'm in sales. That, and you're, obviously, <laughs> yeah. you're in I sales. Feel like, yeah. I feel like no matter what you do, you're in Always sales. Always in sales. Your whole yes. life is sales. If you're in business in any capacity, you're an entrepreneur, you're in sales. You're in sales. And, it's, and I think that's one of the things that people don't realize is mm-hmm. They think that just because they're not selling a product doesn't mean they're in, they're not in. You're right. Even means they're not in sales. I go. Get a job. It doesn't matter because like when you go to an interview, you're selling yourself. You're yep. selling yourself. And you're and another thing, branding. You're still a brand. Yeah, like if you're I, selling if yourself. Failed, I went to a job interview. This is my resume. Here's my page. Want to hire me? Like I already have my brand. You have a brand. Even if yeah. you're going to work somewhere, if you have a brand, let's say you want to work for a food company, do their marketing. But you have a food blog account with 30,000 followers. You know how much more likely you are to get the yeah. job than the next oh, yeah. who doesn't even have a social page? It's all coming oh, yeah. on the edge. And it's funny, you know, saying that you yourself, Eric, Justin, Tony, you, the person, is a brand. And mm-hmm. I remember going on you know, interviews and one of my responses to multiple questions was, well, they're not Eric Josephson. Mm-hmm. You know, they might be this, they might be that, but they're not Eric Josephson. And people are always like, oh, okay, all right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Eric Josephson brings <laughs> X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. The other person might be better at YZX, mm-hmm. but they're not Eric Josephson. If that makes sense, it's yeah, not yeah, Eric Josephson. Exactly. And, they're, and they're like, oh, all right. And that was always one of my like go-to responses. And I would explain why. Because you are your own brand. Yeah. You represent yourself and no one else is going to. So people like, realize that? And you know, another yeah. thing too, with like the social aspect, my competitors. I don't think I have a lot of com- – like I know a lot of people in my industry and no one does everything that I – like I'm here to build an agency. Like my thing is a marketing agency, branding agency. We're here to build an agency. I have a lot of people that are in my industry that are just running ads for clients. They're just doing Instagram growth for clients. So I don't really think I have competitors, so to say, in a way, which is weird. But what they do is they're all online. They're sending out DMs all day long still to this day. They're doing Zoom calls. They don't meet the customer. Customers all over the country. They never interact with them. There's no there's no personal interaction. Me, well, my customer, I'm seeing them once a month. I'm showing up, grabbing a cigar. Let's go out to dinner. I treat my business like a hedge fund. And I think with the online stuff, people are like, this is an easy way for me to drum up business without ever leaving my home. And they stick to that. But if you take the online and mix it with the offline, that's how you're really mm. going to build a brand mm-hmm. and a business that's going to keep you long term. Because at the end of the day, like the pandemic, I, I, we blew up during the pandemic. I had six employees before and now we have a team of 17. Be- during the pandemic, we hired all these people. Yeah. Because I stayed in touch with all my clients prior. And during the pandemic, no one left us because there was a relationship there. 
They're getting Christmas. Like there's gifts going on. There's phone calls. I'll help take pick up your kids from school. I babysat before for them. Like there's a relationship that my, I know my other co- competitors, they're not doing that because it's just quick sale, quick sale, quick sale. You leave, you leave. I'll just fill you up with someone else anyway. It doesn't make a difference to me or not. And then when adversity hits like a pandemic, those are the quickest people to drop off because there's no – like, okay, these are my costs. I'm spending 2000 a month on this guy. I don't really know him. Let me cut the costs. Maybe I'll get back into it later on if I want to. But with us, it's like, okay, I know Tony. You're not just paying a company. You're paying Tony. Like it's Tony. Right. Tony's feeding mm-hmm. his sister. Like when you tie all that personal stuff together, that's where you're going to get more success. But I think a lot of times now people want to play to – it's easy to be online all the time. Let's only stick to yeah. online. You got to do both. All the, you got to be on your phone and in person all the time. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. doing meetings all day long and I'm on my phone all day long. You got to do it both. If you're not doing both, you're missing one aspect that's important to grow that business long term. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's like you said, when you are when you mix in both, because you can be online and, and let's say you're not doing the offline, but you're online and you'll grow at a certain rate. Mm-hmm. But if you make connections with people and you take them offline or like you said, you're just responding and you're building a relationship, then Yes, it could be online that you build a relationship in the DM, but that person might go offline. He might be sitting in the lounge, mm-hmm. like with for us with a cigar lounge, yeah. right? Or whatever it is, you have an, a relationship with somebody that you just met on Instagram. Mm-hmm. They like, you say, hey, what's going on? You build a relationship. What are mm-hmm. your favorite cigars? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. They check out your podcast. They like your podcast. Maybe you mentioned them on the podcast and they're like, mm-hmm. holy shit, they mentioned me. Yes. And then now they're sitting in the lounge mm-hmm. offline, mm-hmm. hanging out with their buddies. Yep. And they're like, oh, yo, yeah. you got to check out this podcast. I just followed them. Mm-hmm. They, they mentioned me. They pull up their phone, check out the episode. <laughs> they show it. It yeah. verifies that they're yeah. telling yeah. the truth. Literally. And then now you got one, two, three, four, five guys that they're sitting with all going go and check it out. I DM and people all you did all was time. make a, con- a connection with one person. All it is. I DM people all the time. If we if we mention somebody. Make a mistake right there, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, uh, I, is it, did it fall on me or no? Did not yeah, fall on yeah, me. Your finger kind of hit it, but it wasn't as dramatic as a rookie as move. dramatic. You know, I, you get a pass, I think. He, okay, he noticed it. He noticed it. And I did it too. I tried to see how quickly I picked it. I was like, we thought I No one's going to notice the leftovers. Just pulls out a little back. Get the brush real quick and blush it over. But um, what was I going to say? Oh, so, yeah. Two things I wanted to ask, but since Justin just mentioned it. Um, when we talk on our podcast and we bring up a business or we bring up somebody that had nothing to do with our episode, like, you know, we'll say, oh, you know, by the way, we, you know, we talked, we saw Tony Peck the other day and we talked about X, Y, and Z and we talked about this. And then I might DM you or whoever it is and send you our YouTube episode and say, hey, Tony, by the way, 46 minutes and 32 seconds, we, we uh, shadowed you out. Just wanted to let you know. And that's people awesome. will respond mm-hmm. and say, oh, that's awesome and post it. Or some people won't respond at all. Mm-hmm. But it's just the fact of just, again, engaging and just yep. saying, hey, you know, we appreciated what you said or whatever. And it's, a, it's that another a level of mm-hmm. just building relatability yep. and engagement. People get discouraged when no one answers, though. I think that's the biggest thing. Come on, man. Even I, in sales, like, you know people get discouraged when they hear no's? I'm like, bro. one more no means I'm closer to one more yes. Exactly. Yeah. My first, it's funny my first. because I had said that. We, we had did an interview about uh, with John Starks uh, a couple episodes ago. And we had talked about uh, how shooters shoot. Right, and we were talking about basketball. Obviously, I was a basketball player, so we're only talking about basketball. And we're talking about shooter shoot, and I say it's the same analogy right here with with sales. Is everybody hears a no and they get discouraged? It's like, listen, one no means you're that much closer to a yes, mm-hmm. and it's like play the percentages. Like yes. if you're a shooter, right, and you shoot thirty percent or thirty five percent, forty percent, whatever it is, every miss, mm-hmm. if you miss four in a row. Mm-hmm. That means if you were to take 10 shots yeah. and you're a 40% shooter, that means out of the next six shots, you're going to hit four of them. Yeah, you're right. And then you'll have four for 10 and mm-hmm. you'll be a 40% shooter. So it's like yeah. every miss means that the next one is going in. I miss again. Mm-hmm. Guess what? The next two are going in. Yep. I miss five in a row. I'm going to be on mm-hmm. fire the next half. Like, yeah, people right. don't realize that. Mm-hmm. They my, take no and they're like, nope, that's it. I'm God, done. My, uh, mm-hmm. my relatable story is my first year out of college, I used to go door knocking. Rain, sleet. 
Not even cold calling. I was cold knocking. I was showing up at your door in the snow, in the rain, in the freezing. And I would get so discouraged in the beginning because I thought it was all about personality. Hey, what's up? Look at me. I'm at your front. And then like people- you see that YouTube video of the guy selling the uh, the cleaner. Yes. The dude's on the cleaner and he's yeah. like spraying it on everything. Yes. You, you envision yourself being like, if I'm not that guy, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> and I would get I would get doors slammed in my face. The cops called on me. Like you had cur- the cops calling you? Yes, I've been. There's a guy. There's a guy walking around my neighborhood and he's selling something. I'm selling Verizon files. He's selling internet. crack in my neighborhood. Yeah. I never. I, so the cops come up and I'd be like, No, I'm Verizon. I'm mean, here's my here's my here's my solicitor's license. And um, so I embrace all of those because it's 100 percent what both of you guys are saying. It's all about getting to the next yes because there's only so many people that can say no to you um, and you have to have that consistency and you have to have that tenacity and discipline just keep going yeah it's like eventually it's coming like yeah. it's, a, it's it's no 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 it's coming it's gonna yeah. be the next one the next one the yep. next one and then boom it, you get one and then all of a sudden you get another one you get on a roll and but i want to ask tony because i heard you mention it twice in the beginning and just before you said i'm doing this for my sister i do it for my sister and he said i gotta feed my sister so because it's pretty interesting that you say that. I heard you say it twice. So what does that all mean? What is that all about? Like, give us some background about your sister. I think it's like anyone with siblings. At least that's how I feel. We grew up together. You know, we come from the same household, the same background. Parents are divorced. Don't talk to our mother. She was abusive as we were younger kids. And it was just me and my sister. Like, that's your first friend. That's how I looked at it. You know, when she's six years younger than me, she comes out of the womb. I'm her first friend. And I kind of took that to heart when I was younger. Always like trying to be the bigger role model. Like, this is what you need to look for in a guy. Like, this is how people should treat you. This is how... You know, people should act towards you, just like leading the right path for her. And we've become just so close that I just feel like a responsibility to her that everything that I can obtain is to show you, like, you can do anything you want to. Why not you? Why not you? Because if I can do it, we came from the same background. Why can't you? And now she's going to law school. She's applying next year. And all thanks to me because I was able to pay for, you know, the classes the last semester and stuff and help her with the Beautiful. books and get into the outside classes and stuff. And she doesn't have to worry about working in school because she works for us now. She works from home, on her phone, doing the account management for us. She's one of our employees, which is awesome. She just became an employee during the pandemic. And now she has the time and the freedom to work and study and not have to stress about, I got to go into work. I can't study during these times. And she gets really chronic migraines, my sister. She blacks out. She's lost her color vision before. So she has all these medical things that I think stem from my, my father's side. My grandmother had a lot of medical issues too. And just to be able to know... That everything that I do, I have that why. That, that's the stuff that pushes people out. That's what pushes you out in the morning when you don't want to do stuff. I, th- I think a lot of th- times is people want certain things, but they're temporary things. Like, I want the Lamborghini, which I do. But that's not going to get me up when I really don't feel like it. Like, that's, <laughs> you know, that's going to get me up most of the time, the majority of my it's days. It's a luxury. Like, cool. it's not I want the car. I want yeah. the car. You know, I want the watch. You get the watch. Cool. What's the next? I want the car. I want the car. You get the car. What's the next thing? But the really difficult days where it's like, fuck I don't want to do it like you guys know how it is with sales yeah. especially too it's a, it's a tough rigorous thing mentally physically it's a lot that goes on you what's going to push you further you got to know your why and for me it's my why because I know anytime that I don't do something to get close to my goal I'm kind of letting her down in a way where I'm not becoming the best that I can to show her that you can become the best that you can be so thankful, thankful for her because she's pushed me to become as good as I can become and she's also helped me over the earlier years in business where, like even with the lip balm stuff, I had a difficult time saying no to a lot of things like going out. So I would just do the motions, just to do the motions to say yes, yes, yes. But then I said to myself, every time I say yes to something that doesn't help me get to my goal, I'm doing a disservice to my sister and all those others I can impact in my life. And that's when it's like becomes really crystal clear. Like, okay, this is the why. Anything that takes away from the why, don't do. Mm-hmm. And then you put it that black and white, yes or no, does it help get to the why? No, I'm saying no to that activity. Yep. And then it becomes mm. that much easier to get that much more focused to stay disciplined. Honestly, mm. it's what it comes down to. For sure. 
and just keep pushing forward with that, knowing in the back of your head, this is what you're doing it for. I love it. I like that you said, you know, every decision that you make is if it's going to get you closer to your goal, then you do it. And if not, then, then you don't do it. And it's like I'd seen something where it's a decision. It's a decision tree. And it says, you know, you have there, there's a, an opportunity or a choice of, of doing whatever it is, X, Y and Z. Is it going to get you closer to your goal? If the answer is yes. Obviously, do it. If the answer is no, the next question, is this going to violate mm. one of my personal values? Is this going to violate my value of family, my value mm. of physical health, my mental health? What, mm. Whatever va- personal values that you hold yourself to a high standard of, is this decision going to va- violate one of those? I like that a lot. If it's not going to violate one of those, then don't do it. Mm-hmm. Because if it's not going to get you closer to your goal mm-hmm. and it's not going to violate one of your core values, mm-hmm. then there's no reason to do it. Mm-hmm. If it's not going to get you closer to your goal, but it is going to violate one of your values, then maybe it's something that you should do. And that's that's going to be one of those extracurriculars that you do. It's not really getting you closer to your goal, but it's building a personal relationship. It's yeah. built like like going, to, like going to the gym, right? Mm-hmm. Is going to the gym going to build the podcast? No. no. But is it going to violate my my personal value of physical health? Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go to the gym, mm-hmm. right? But if it's like, um, am I going to go drinking tonight when I actually have an interview that we're doing? Is that going to get me close to my goal? No. Is it going to violate one of my values? No. Then I probably shouldn't do it, mm-hmm. right? And, and I then- saw that tree. I'm like, wow, that makes making decisions so much easier. I appreciate that because I have a difficult time with that part, like the gym part, very specifically to me. I'm glad you brought that up. I don't do it. Because I know I should be doing it, but I focus on my goal of the business. So if it takes away from that, I won't do it at all. I'm that black and white. But I'm, I never thought of it that way. I got to sit down and do that side of things to make it a little bit deeper. Because there are other things you can do that may not be to the goal, but to other goals right. vertically. Other goals, exactly. Yeah, Absolutely. Exactly. Now that was good. I like that one a lot. I never mm-hmm. heard you say it before. I'm going to use it. I like that a lot. Appreciate that. You're welcome. You're welcome. I, I forgot where I heard it from, but it was. I saw it. I'm like, wow, it makes everything so much simpler yeah. to decide. Because that was one of the goals. Like, where, you know, coming in the new year, one of the things I wanted to be more decisive. Just mm. make a yep. decision. Whether it's right or wrong, just make a decision. Yeah. Stop being so indecisive. And I saw it and I go, wow, that makes it so much easier to just to just filter it through. And it's like, boom, okay, I got my answer. That's it. I'm doing it's it. It's funny that you say it because uh, Justin and I talk about, I don't know if you do like personal affirmations or anything like that, but every single day or four, five times a day, I'll write, Goals, affirmations, gratitude, reflection, you know, and one of my affirmations always is I can make decisions because sometimes I'm indecisive. Sometimes it takes, it's like, I don't know if this is right or wrong. Or yeah. And the more of, you think about it, the more you're like, yeah. it gets harder. And I'm harder, always harder right. I can, yeah. I can make decisions good or bad. It doesn't matter. You made a decision. You can't, you can't go throughout life always teeter tottering back. Even if you make a wrong decision, it's not a fail. And as, you know, Ray Cash Care said, it's not a, it's not a loss. It's not a fail. It's a learning lesson. Mm-hmm. Yep. L stands for learn. Yep. You got mm-hmm. the W's and you got the L's, the wins and then the lessons learned. I like that. So, um, so hundred percent, it's, it's all about making the decisions and just doing it. So, yeah, I love it. I love it. So we're actually, uh, we're a little bit over an hour here. Oh, wow. So we're coming up to, and I, I could, we could sit here all day and I would, lo- <laughs> I would love to see you all I like all these in-person interviews because when we're, when we're just doing like, if we're doing an interview via Zoom or if we're doing our own podcast, we got the, like the, the clock or whatever so we can gauge. Mm-hmm. When we're doing this, I don't really know when we started and when we're just in conversation. So these are always. And I, really I, like I said, we can go on and on and on, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know if we could have an hour and a half, two hour um, interview. <laughs> too, much editing, YouTube, too much editing, too much editing. But we want to give you, the floor is yours now to uh, promote your brand. To, plug. To plug your, your company, where people can find you on Instagram, mm-hmm. on Facebook, wherever it is, your website, it, the floor is yours to drop all the... The red carpet is yes. all yours, Mr. Tony Peck. All you got to do to find me, go to Instagram, at Tony Peck underscore, T-O-N-Y-P-C underscore. 
anyone that reaches out, DM me, you got any questions about cigars, business, mindset, social media, whatever it is, I'll answer you at some point. I get a lot of DMs, but I do get through all my DMs. So shoot me a DM. More than happy to connect anyone that's listening. And that's it. What, what, sell. what do we got to do to to get a referral from Tony Peck to the burn down for cigar questions? What do we got to do for that? <laughs> we got cigar questions. Bring them over to the burn down. Go to the burn down. <laughs> oh, you know, I can that's answer your, I can answer your questions, but you want to know who really can answer yeah. your questions. Go to the burn down, guys. <laughs> Absolutely. Of course. Well, listen, Tony, it's been a pleasure. We've had a, a blast talking with you. And thank yeah, you man. so much for your time to come on the burn down. Um, like like Tony had said, everybody just follow him at Tony Peck underscore. It's T-O-N-Y-P-C underscore. Um, but until then. Until next time. Until next time. Follow the Dapper Cigar. Follow the Brother Cigar. Burn Down Podcast. Burn Down Academy. Do all that good stuff. Just follow all these guys in this follow one. everybody. Drop a like. Drop a comment. Wherever you're, If you're listening, five right. stars. If you're watching, hit the, uh, the thumbs up. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the bell to get notified for any new video that we drop. We do one every week. Uh, we do a couple other ones for the Burn Down Academy throughout the week. We don't um, got a glass, but I'll give you. We'll go get a little, little fist pound pounds here. Yeah, come on, yeah. <laughs> fist pound going. But uh, thanks again, Tony, and uh, salute and cheers to you, my friend. Thank you. Ooh.